I want to talk to you today about one scripture in, first, in 2 Corinthians chapter 9, verse 15. It's where the apostle Paul says, praise be to God for his indescribable gift. You know what that means? Beyond words. This one scripture, so powerful, so profound. 2 Corinthians 9, 15 simply says this, thanks be to God for his indescribable gift. That just caught me this week and I started to think about it. The indescribable gift. You know what that gift is? It is the gift of Jesus. This week in the Advent, we talk about love. And the reality is, is that the Lord has given us an indescribable experience of not only who Jesus is, but of his amazing love. And when I started to think about the Apostle Paul putting that, that sentence in there, thanks be to God for his indescribable gift. I started to think about the word indescribable. And so I just did a little search, you know, obviously in the English and, and then even into the original Greek. And in the midst of a word study, do you know what I found out about the word indescribable? It means indescribable. <laughs> it means something that you cannot describe. It means something that is beyond words. It's beyond description. One of the texts, the New Living Translation says, it, it translates this very verse into this, that it is too wonderful for words. There's no way to express it. And when you stop and you really consider what it really means, that amazing, indescribable gift of Jesus, it's the story that we're talking about here in the Christmas season. The amazing, beyond words, beyond description, reality that God, who is the creator of everything, the creator of the heavens and the earth, the one that gave you and me life, the one that sustains us and holds us. Go on a journey with me right now. Just breathe in. <sighs> breathe out. Do you realize that that is the breath of God? That is a miracle. He gave you the gift of life and he sustains you in every single moment. <gasps> Without that, you would cease to exist. But with that, there is an unbelievable beyond explanation, something that you can't even define, you can't even put into words, the miracle of God's love being revealed in your life and coming to you in a way that is beyond description. Think about this, the story of the coming of Jesus, supernatural at every level, almighty God, creator, as we said, making the heavens and the earth, omnipotent, all-powerful, omniscient, all-knowing, omnipresent, all places. And yet, how do you describe this? This amazing creator God, when he made us, did so in such a way that he could experience a true love and a true relationship with us. And doing so, he, he made us in a way that we're beyond anything else that we know of in creation. He made us special unto him. Think about this, how do you put into words the fact that this amazing creator God would step out of his creation and even be born so humbly into humanity to be born as a child in a manger in a more primitive place in a more primitive time. I mean, it's pretty amazing, isn't it? Creator of the world, how do you put into words what you mean to God? How do you put into words the love of God that is poured out into our lives, even so undeserved? This is something that is truly beyond description. And when we look into this story, we look into the story of Jesus and the coming of Jesus 
Everything about this story brings us back to this place over and over of the goodness of God, of the love of God that is truly beyond words. I want to take you today to a couple of different uh, versions of the birth of Jesus, uh, different descriptions coming in the Bible. I want to start with uh, Luke chapter 1. Luke chapter 1 is the story of the angel coming to speak to Mary about what is going to happen in her life. Listen to these words. In the sixth month, God sent the angel Gabriel to Nazareth, a town in Galilee, to a virgin pledged to be married to a man named Joseph, a descendant of David. The virgin's name was Mary. And the angel went to her and said, Greetings, you who are highly favored. The Lord is with you. Mary was greatly troubled at his words and wondered what kind of a greeting this might be. But the angel said to her, do not be afraid, Mary, for you have found favor with God and you will be with child and give birth to a son and you are to give him the name Jesus for he will be great and will be called the son of the most high. The Lord God will give him the throne of his father, David, and he will reign over the house of Jacob forever. His kingdom will never end. How will this be, Mary asked the angel, since I am a virgin? And the angel answered, the Holy Spirit will come upon you and the power of the Most High will overshadow you so that the Holy One to be born will be called the Son of God. Even Elizabeth, your relative, is going to have a child in her old age and she who was said to be barren is in her sixth month for nothing is impossible with God. I am the Lord's servant, Mary answered. May it be to me, even as you have said. And the Bible says, and the angel left. Talk about beyond words. Indescribable. The indescribable love of God. You know, it's an amazing thing how Jesus came and he is the savior. He is the redeemer. He came out of heaven. He took that humble form, even as Philippians said. In the book of Philippians, it says he humbled himself even to become a servant and to humble himself even to death that we might be brought. Other texts says that he became sin for us, that we might become the righteousness of God. I mean, it's absolutely amazing what God did. There is only one redeemer. There's only one savior. That's a work that only Jesus could do. But what is amazing to me in this story is that God has a part for every single one of us that we would not only be able to experience, that's the truth of this message, that it is not just beyond words that we could try to figure out a way to how to explain God, but God is drawing us to understand it is about a relationship. It is about something that we experience in our lives because of God's amazing grace and God's amazing love. But it's not only about us experiencing this relationship with Christ, it's about us sharing this relationship with Christ. Every one of us have this amazing call upon our lives. And it's interesting to me that when we read this, this story about the angel Gabriel coming and engaging in the city of Nazareth, I've stood in Nazareth, I've stood at the place that they believe that this event actually happened. And there in that moment, you can stand there and just think to yourself like we can do this morning, what would that have been like to be a young girl, a young virgin? And the angel Gabriel comes and literally has a physical encounter, stands in front of her and speaks to her. In a way, what does the Bible say? It scared her to death. I think it would probably scare you and me to death if the same thing happened. And then he begins to unfold what's going to happen. The Holy Spirit's going to overshadow you. You're going to have a child and he's going to be known as the son of God. He, he's going to be the Messiah. He's going to save his people from their sins. Listen, how many of you would like to try this on with Mary? How, how would you explain this to anybody? 
Is this beyond words or is this beyond words? Is this the indescribable gift of God? How would, I mean, she couldn't even fathom herself. She said, how can this be? How can this story, how can these words possibly be true? Can you imagine what she must have been thinking in the midst of that moment? How are we gonna tell this? How are we gonna explain this? When God begins to work in your life, he's gonna do some things that you are not gonna even be able to fully explain to somebody else. Think about the moment for many of you who've come to Christ. Think about the moment when you started to make those decisions to follow God, to give him your heart fully. How could you even explain that to your friends, sometimes your family? Sometimes it's just beyond words, isn't that true? Just this indescribable gift of God's love, God's mercy, God's grace. It's just a reality that you and I have the opportunity to participate in. And in this story, there's amazing insight because what Mary says to the angel is this. I am the Lord's servant. May it be unto me, even as you have said. In other words, in this indescribable moment, I believe what Mary was saying is, I may not understand this. I may not be able to put this into words. I may not ever be able to explain this. How can I take on a child without having a union with a man? How can I ever describe what God is saying he's gonna do in my life? But even in the things that I can't explain, even in some things that I don't even fully understand, I make a choice in my life. I am the Lord's servant. And God, I will do what you've asked me to do. I will be what you've asked me to be. And I will be faithful to you and walk out the things that right now I may not be able to articulate. I may not be able to explain some things that are beyond even my comprehension. God, I am your servant. How many of us in this room would say the same thing to God? right here where I'm at, raising my family, right here where I'm working and I'm, I'm, I'm going through my career path. I'm in this place of discovery. You know, God, I just want you to be the center of my life. God, I want you to speak. I want to hear your voice. God, I want to be faithful. I want to be obedient. God, I want to be a part of your amazing power and your amazing indescribable gift, not only in me, but in others. Amazing story, isn't it today? That's, that's where we find this story in Luke chapter one. And that's the story of Mary. You know, it's interesting because the gospel and this encounter and this relationship with God, a lot of times we see how people react differently. We have our different backgrounds, experiences. There's things that can hinder us. Um, there's just our personalities come in. There's even a lot of things like even male, female, there's different ways that people experience God. Sometimes there's different ways they express or open themselves to God. So I find it interesting that the Lord just shows us on this whole entire path that he speaks as he will speak, yet he calls every single one of us. Look with me to Matthew chapter one. In Matthew chapter one, it, it kind of flips the story because the focus in Luke chapter one is about Mary and her encounter. Matthew chapter one is about Joseph's encounter. Look at these words in in Matthew chapter one, verse 18. This is how the birth of Jesus Christ came about. His mother Mary was pledged to be married to Joseph, but before they came together, she was found to be with child through the Holy Spirit. Because Joseph, her husband, was a righteous man, he did not want to expose her to public disgrace. He had in mind to divorce her quietly. But after he considered this, an angel of the Lord appeared to him in a dream and said, Joseph, son of David, do not be afraid to take Mary home as your wife, because what is conceived in her is from the Holy Spirit, and she will give birth to a son, and you are to give him the name Jesus, because he will save his people from their sins. 
All this took place to fulfill what was said through the prophet. The virgin shall be with child and shall give birth to a son, and they will call him Emmanuel, which means God with us. When Joseph woke up, he did what the angel of the Lord had commanded him and took Mary home as his wife. He had no union with her until she gave birth to a son, and he gave him the name Jesus. I don't know about you, but I love the the two sides of the story. I love the fact that the angel came and physically appeared in front of Mary and delivered that message heart to heart to her. But I also love that in the midst of the male mind, in the midst of a man who was pledged to be married to this young girl, and they were walking out their relationship with even a God-honoring purity. He knew that they had had no sexual union. And yet day after day, he could not deny that there was the very distinct bump of a young pregnant girl. And there was one thing that gripped his heart and it was the fear and it was the awareness of betrayal. That's the only interpretation. It's the only answer that a man could come up with. That somehow this girl that he has loved and pledged himself to has, has been involved with another man and had broken the bond and broken faith and broken their relationship. And yet his love for her was so great that he understood that if he exposed that fact, that she would come under public scrutiny. And in that day, culture and law could have even lost her life because of that. His love was even greater than her sin. And so in his heart, he decided that he would just let her go her way. He would release her and let her go. Just think about this. The hurt, the pain, the disappointment in this man's life. There's nothing deeper probably in all the world than the hurt and the pain of betrayal the betrayal in love. And that's what Joseph's interpretation was. And yet in the middle of a night, try this on gentlemen, in the middle of the night, he had a dream. And in the dream, the angel comes to him and says, Joseph, don't be afraid to take Mary because basically what, what you think is not exactly what's happening. In fact, it's the total opposite. This child is not the seed of a man. This child is the seed of God Almighty. This is the Messiah. This, you know, Joseph would have known. He would have been taught about the promise of a coming Messiah. But it's kind of an interesting thing when you're always thinking it's out there. When you're always thinking it's, it's over there. It's going to happen. It's going to happen. It's going to happen someday. You never think it's going to happen now. And you never think that you're going to be the vehicle to see it happen. And yet in this moment, this is the story of the gospel. The gospel is this true story of this amazing creative God who shaped humanity and made us to love him and to experience him and to know him. And this amazing God uses people. He wants to use you. He wants to use me. And it comes to these places where we have to dare to believe God. You know, I love what the angel spoke to him in this dream because what he was doing was giving Joseph an assignment. And basically what he was saying is this is the indescribable This is the unexplainable. This is beyond words. Your friends are never going to understand this. Your parents are never going to understand this. People walking by you in the community are never going to understand this. But you need to believe what I'm putting in your heart because there is something here that is so profound because this Messiah, this child will save his people from their sins. Think about Joseph right here in this moment. And the Lord doesn't just say to him, you need to believe this. You need to accept this girl. You need to go along with the program. It's so far beyond that. It is so far beyond that that the angel speaks his assignment. 
and says, Joseph, you are to give him the name Jesus. In other words, you have to believe what you can't explain. And you've got to believe it so deeply and so profoundly that you are, giving, you are being given the job of naming the Redeemer of the world. You are the one who will call him by his, by his title, his assignment. He is Jesus. He is the Messiah. Isn't that an amazing truth that comes in a place? And you know what, what God does? He brings the same challenge to Joseph in a little different package, but the same faith moment that encountered Mary. And that is where Mary said, Lord, I'm your servant and I'm gonna do what you called me to do. Even though I may not be able to, to put it into words or explain it, I'm gonna trust you. And Joseph had to do the very same thing. Joseph had to say, Lord, I may not understand this. I may not have the comfort of ever being able to explain it where somebody will believe my story. But Lord, I am going to rise up in this moment and I am going to obey. I'm going to believe. I'm going to receive. And I'm going to walk out by faith this, this call that you have put upon my life. God isn't calling us to have men and women who will have this same experience. Christ came one time. But there is a spiritual revelation right here for each and every one of us that God comes into our life and sometimes he may be speaking something to you that is hard for you to understand. He may be speaking to you about a calling, something that he wants you to do in a place of ministry. And don't think that that has to be what we would call quote unquote full-time ministry, that you'd have to be on a missionary, an evangelist, a pastor, all these, these things. No, every one of us have a role. Every one of us have, have a purpose in the kingdom of God, where we are in our sphere of influence, in our friendships, in our relationships, and God speaks things. Not literally, there's not one person in this room that God doesn't have a destiny and a purpose that is going to require a great step of faith on your part. First of all, to believe on the Lord Jesus Christ, to accept him into your heart, and then to begin to walk in the fullness of who he is and what he's done for us. To walk in the grace of God, the in, indescribable gift that God has. I'd love for you to turn with me today because I want to talk about this indescribable message, this indescribable gift of Jesus and I want, to, I want you to go with me today deep into the Bible, almost to the very back, the book of 1 John, 1 John chapter 4. Because when we look at what love is and this indescribable gift, the coming of Jesus and this incredible revelation of how much God loves us, I think that 1 John chapter 4 is where we really go deep and we really truly find what love is. Our culture today struggles with what love is. We have very wrong ideas and, and things that we pin the word love to. But here's what the Bible talks about, a biblical love. In 1 John chapter 4, verse 7, it says this, Dear friends, let us love one another, for love comes from God. Everyone who loves has been born of God and knows God. Basically, what this scripture is saying is that if we really love fully, there's an awareness that that kind of full love can only come through a relationship with God. When we come to Jesus and we come to, to understand and to receive his love for us, it begins to shift our understanding of love and we literally love at a different level. We love the, even the unlovely. We, we forgive even unforgive. We're in a different place because of a revelation of this amazing indescribable gift called Jesus. Look as this continues. 
The Bible says, whoever does not love does not know God because God is love. We talked about this often. It's not that God does love. The Bible says God is love. Would you like to try to explain that one with words? It's not just what he does. It's his essence. And out of that love flows all of these things from the very breath that he gives you that sustains you and gives you life. It's an amazing, amazing thing to walk in the goodness of God. And then it goes on. It says this. Look at verse 10. This is love. Uh, let me, I'm sorry. Let me go back to verse 9. I don't want to miss this. This is how God showed his love among us. He sent his one and only son into the world that we might live through him. And this is love, not that we loved God, but that he loved us and sent his son as an atoning sacrifice for our sins. Dear friends, since God so loved us, we ought to love each other. And then you go down to uh, verse um, 16. God is love. Whoever lives in love lives in God and God in him. And then I want to skip down to verse 39. We love because he first loved us. And it's just um, over and over in 1 John chapter 4, just teaching us about what love is beyond ex explanation or words. But he's just pouring into us that God has this amazing love for us. And today, I, I just want you to experience everything that God has for you today. I know that we're struggling. If we were to go and just talk about one story after another in the hearts and the lives in this room, there's a lot of different experiences that people are journeying through right now. But I want you to know the miracle of salvation, the miracle of the coming of Jesus, is that every need is met because of God's love in our life. He knows us, he cares for us, and this love is an amazing, penetrating love. Let me take you one more scripture today. I'd like to take you to the book of Colossians. And Colossians is a, a beautiful book that talks to us about the supremacy and the greatness and the, the glory of who Jesus is. But I want to drill down on a couple of, of scriptures here. First, excuse me, in, in um, Colossians chapter 1, I'd like to begin with verse 19. And here's what the scripture says. For God was pleased to have all of his fullness dwell in him and through him to reconcile to himself all things, whether things on earth or things in heaven, by making peace through his blood shed on the cross. Once you were alienated from God and you were enemies in your minds because of your evil behavior. Look at verse 22. But now he has reconciled you by Christ's physical body through death to present you holy in his sight without blemish, free of accusation. If you continue in your faith, established and firmed and not move from the hope held out in the gospel. You know, a lot of times people try to diminish who Jesus is because they just have a hard time wrapping their head around all the things we're talking about today. But I, I want you to see that where people will sometimes say, well, Jesus, he's not really God. He's just, he's just a good man. He's a good moral teacher. We should pay attention to Jesus, but we just need to understand he, he's a man like anyone else. And I just want you to see that Colossians 1.19 is a marker for you to grab a hold of. Because what the Bible says about Jesus 
is that the Father was pleased to have all the fullness of deity in Jesus. In other words, Jesus is not just a good man. He's not just a moral teacher. He's just not a a, a moral guide or a spiritual guide. He is the Son of God. He is the one, the only, the Savior of the world. Jesus said in, in John 14, 6, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father but by me. And it is solely because of who He is. This amazing miracle, fully God, yet fully man. I can't explain it. It's beyond words. We shouldn't have any problem with that right now. It is amazing gift of heaven that comes in to change our lives. But what I love so much about this is we just read in Colossians. It's not only putting a marker down for us that, it, that Jesus is more than a man, more than a teacher, but here's what his purpose was. He came to the world to lay down his life. We just read this in 1 John 4, to be the atoning sacrifice. It was by Christ, not only coming as a baby, but living his life and ultimately laying his life down, dying upon, a cr- dying upon a cross, and on the third day being resurrected. That is where he took the burden of my sin. He took the burden of your sin. And this is the amazing gift, way beyond. The most expensive gift ever is what Jesus paid with himself, coming out of heaven, laying down his life, taking the worst that man could ever do, and burying it at the cross. And because of that, He can offer us the greatest gift, which is freedom and forgiveness and mercy in our lives for just opening up our hearts and believing in who he is and allowing his work to take place in us. I love this scripture. It is is so deep. It is so profound. I hope you'll take it home and I hope you'll read it this week and think about it over and over and over again. For God was pleased to have all of his fullness dwell in him and that through him to reconcile himself in all things, whether in earth or whether in heaven. But listen, the Bible goes on. It says, by making peace through his blood shed upon the cross. How do you have peace with God? Only one way. How do you know you're right with God? How do you have assurance of salvation? How do you have the promise of eternal life. It comes through only Jesus. That's why this story is supernatural. That's why this story is beyond words, because this is the story of God. This is not the story of just people. And it's amazing. Listen to the rest of this. Once you were alienated from God, enemies in your minds, in our culture today, there is such a war against the Word of God. It is not neutral ground. It it is an attack upon the name of Jesus. It's an attack upon righteousness. Is it true or not? It's an attack from from one level to another. There is a spiritual war, and that war is centered on one name out of the entire earth, and that name is the name of Jesus. And the reason why that attack is so intense against the name of Jesus is that the devil knows that that's the only name that can change a person's life. That is the only name that can reconcile. You know what it means to be reconciled? Once we're separated, what does the Bible even say? In our hearts, and our minds, we are actually alienated from God. We are so separate. We are out. We're out of the place of, of eternal life. We don't have that promise when we live outside of Christ. We are alienated. The Bible says we're even enemies in our minds because of even our behavior. We talk ourselves into things by our behavior. Isn't it true? We shape friendships around us who support sometimes wrong behavior. And and in the midst of that, we don't even realize how we are distancing ourselves from the greatest, most indescribable miracle that could come into a person's life, including our own. And we're missing it because of the hardness of our heart. 